Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn about our podcast, daily devotional, how to contact us, and much more when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 about being called by God and remaining true to that calling. Paul says, circumcision is nothing, 19. Isn't that shocking for a Jewish Pharisee to say, this is a sign of the Abrahamic covenant. And he says, circumcision is nothing. And uncircumcision is nothing. But what matters is keeping the commandments of God. Now, what do you think Paul's talking about? Do you think he's talking about the Mosaic law? I doubt it. I think Paul's talking about the commandment to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. If we could do those two things, we would not be writing people about peripheral junk and garbage. We would accept people. We would love people just as they are. We we would love the way God has loved us when He accepted us in the Beloved. This is what the body of Christ should be embracing that makes us different. Wherever we've come from, whatever our pain or our scars or our brokenness may be, we are accepted in the Beloved. Amen? Turn to Romans 15, just a book back. Romans 15. We shared this in a... uh, Devotion as a staff this week. Here's what Romans 15.1 says. Now we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength. Romans 15.1. And not just please ourselves. Each of us, Romans 15.2, is to please his neighbor for his good to his edification. For even Christ did not please himself as it is written 15.3. The reproaches of those who reproach you, reproach you, fell on me. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction. So that through perseverance, and this is what we need to love people well, and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Keep reading. Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant to you to be of the same mind, grant you unity, with one another according to Christ Jesus, so that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Go all the way to verse 13. Now may the God of hope, He's the God who gives hope and encouragement, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you, brother or sister, may or will abound in hope. How? By the power of of the Holy Spirit. There's many times in my life when I say, Lord, I can't do that. I can't do what you've called me to do. Turn back to 1 Corinthians. I don't have the goods. I don't have the means. I don't have the power. Captain, I don't have the power. <laughs> A little Star Trek for you there. And this is where God says, you're right. You don't, but I do. And just ask me, and I will fulfill a scripture that I gave Paul. You can do all things, not some. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Paul says, look, the outward signs of Jew-Gentile 
uh, circumcision, uncircumcision are nothing. For in Christ Jesus, Galatians 5, 6, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. In Galatians 6, 15 and 16, he says, neither circumcision is circumcision anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now go, says Paul, through the Spirit and love people. And so let's wind it down as we look at the final verses. Verse 20, 1 Corinthians 7. Let each man, each person, remain, that's the present imperative, in that condition in which he was called. 20. Each one should remain in the situation, NIV, which he was when, when God called him. Stay there. Unless God is giving you a clear biblical reason to be out of it and confirming it by His Holy Spirit and good counsel, Paul says stay. Now, let me qualify. You are not being asked to stay in an abusive situation. You're not being asked to stay to be somebody's punching bag. You are not being asked to stay in a dangerous situation where there's drug abuse and the like. Life is complicated, and in those situations, you need biblical counsel and the church to back you. And if you're in that spot, please come and talk to us. We're not talking about that. But we are talking about, generally speaking, situations that we'd prefer that they were different. Were you called while a slave? Talk about a difficult spot. One-third of the population of Corinth was in some form of servitude. Paul says, were you called while a slave? Don't worry about it. Now, someone in the ancient world might say, well, what do you mean don't worry about it, Paul? <laughs> I'm the one that's in some form of servitude. And by the way, even though ancient slavery was different than the plight of modern slavery... Uh, ancient slavery was often voluntary. People would sell them into themselves into slavery to pay off debts. Sometimes people chose to stay in a servant-master relationship because they loved their master. But there were abuses as well. And slaves were seen as a person who had no value in many circles. The, you know, the, the higher established people would look down on slaves and they wouldn't pay attention to you if you came and served them or washed their feet or whatever. Some of you have seen those snooty English shows, you know, where the, the servants are over in the kitchen and the, the, the people, you know, the, the ritzy proper people are there and, oh, bring me this or bring me that. And they, they look down on people like that. That's certainly what servants went through at this time and even worse. But Paul says, if you were called... While a slave, one-third of the Corinthian population in some form of servitude, another third of them apparently had been set free because it was supposed to be like a temporary situation. Paul says, don't worry about it. But if you are able also to become free, rather do that. Paul says, look, if you're in a situation right now and there's no way out, then don't worry about it. Do the best you can to serve Jesus there. But if you can get out, then get out. Paul wrote to, uh, I think it's Philemon, about his slave Onesimus. And Paul urged Philemon in the, for the sake of the gospel to set him free. 
And I believe that wherever Christianity is practiced and its implications are practiced, there is not going to be this kind of attitude. It's flat out wrong. But it was the reality of the ancient world is that many people were in a servant situation. They were slaves. And so Paul says, look, if you can become free, then, then do it. If the door opens, then take it, but, but don't worry about it. For he who was called in the Lord, 22, while a slave, is the Lord's freedman. See that word there, brothers and sisters? Freedman? It's exactly how it looks. This is a person who had been a slave and was set free. They're a freedman, a technical term for someone who was once a slave. Slaves were often known as the slave of so-and-so. They're the servant of so-and-so. And Paul says, no, you have a new category now. If the Lord called you while a slave, you are the Lord's freedman. Because if the Son sets you free, you are what? Free indeed. So even though your circumstances may be difficult, think about it. Think about a Christian today, this morning, in a persecuted environment who may be in prison for their faith in Jesus Christ. You know right now there are people in prison simply because of their faith in Christ. Some people find themselves in a situation where they don't have the freedom that they would like to have because of the country they were born in. Or Christianity is not accepted there. And Paul would say the same thing. That's where God called you. If you can be free, be free. But if not, you are the Lord's freedman. And so likewise, he who was called while free is Christ's slave. So if you're free, if you're not in some sort of form of servitude, you're still Christ's slave anyway. And then Galatians 3.28, think of it in these terms. For there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free man, Galatians 3.28, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul is not saying in Galatians 3.28 that once you become a Christian, you're no longer male or female. That's ridiculous. Paul is not saying in Galatians 3.28 that once you become a Christian, you're no longer from a Jewish family or a Gentile family. It doesn't mean that just because you got saved as a Jewish person, you should stop celebrating Passover or eating matzo ball soup. You can still do that. It just means that you've come to know the Messiah, but you're still Jewish. Or you've come to know the Messiah, and you're still from a Gentile family, but you are Christ's servant. Amen? Dr. Walter Martin <laughs> said he was at New York University. And there was a, a man, he was a Jewish evangelist. He had come to Jesus Christ, he said, but he was, he was just a very coarse radical preacher and he would go up and down the streets in front of New York University and he said he would stir the crowd into a frenzy he said he would chew them up one side and down the other you need to come to Jesus Christ and be saved or you're going to be judged and he would give it to him and then Dr. Martin said one day he was walking by and he said he had whipped up the crowd into the uh, to a frenzy and he said all of a sudden he said look there's someone who can answer your questions and he pointed at Dr. Martin and Dr. Martin was like oh he said he whipped them up into a frenzy. Now he pointed them in my direction. What was I going to do? Quote, Mary had a little lamb. Mary had a little lamb, little lamb. And he said, look, Dr. Martin in his wonderful style, look, 
Calm down, calm down. Everybody's all angry. Don't believe in Jesus, you're going to go to hell. What, What do you mean? Calm down. Hello, I'm Kathy from Norco, California, and you're listening to Walk in Truth. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Again, that's Step Closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer, and you can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. It doesn't mean that just because you got saved as a Jewish person, you should stop celebrating Passover or eating matzo ball soup. You can still do that. It just means that you've come to know the Messiah, but you're still Jewish. Or you've come to know the Messiah, and you're still from a Gentile family, but you are Christ's servant. Amen? Dr. Walter Martin (laughs) said he was at New York University. And there was a, a man, he was a Jewish evangelist. He had come to Jesus Christ, he said, but he was, he was just a very coarse, radical preacher. And he would go up and down the streets in front of New York University, and he said he would stir the crowd into a frenzy. He said he would chew them up one side and down the other. You need to come to Jesus Christ and be saved, or you're going to be judged. And he would give it to them. And then Dr. Martin said one day he was walking by, and he said he had whipped up the crowd into the, uh, to a frenzy. And he said, all of a sudden, he said, look, there's someone who can answer your questions. And he pointed at Dr. Martin, and Dr. Martin was like, oh, he said he whipped them up into a frenzy and now he pointed them in my direction. What was I going to do? Quote, Mary had a little lamb. Mary had a little lamb, little lamb. And he said, look, Dr. Martin in his wonderful style, look, calm down, calm down. Everybody's all angry. Don't believe in Jesus, you're going to go to hell. What do you mean? Calm down. Dr. Martin goes, look, you can go to heaven God's way You don't have to stop being Jewish to become a Christian. You can go to heaven God's way or go to hell your own way. And then he kept on walking. That's political correctness at its best right there. Paul says, look, you were bought with a price. Think about this slave imagery because oftentimes slaves could be purchased with a redemption price out of the slave market. Someone could come and buy, them, buy their freedom. 
He says, look, you were bought with a price. Jesus Christ came and paid the redemption price to buy you out of the slave market of sin and death to set you free. And if you're free in Christ, then don't go back to being in bondage to the world. Don't, look at 23, don't become slaves of people. Don't become slaves of men. You've been purchased by Christ. Don't live your life in slavery to the world's system, the world's value judgments. Don't live and die with how they categorize you. Because look, the fact that you're a Christian already gets you going on the wrong foot. Have you noticed? A Christian. When I was a young, uh, up-and-coming pastor, I had a high school friend. His dad was a, a walking comedian. He was really funny. And... He watched us through all of our years of dysfunction as high schoolers. I was completely lost. My buddies were lost. And I had become a Christian. And I said to this man, I'll never forget this, I said to him, I've become a Christian and I want to be a pastor. And he went, oh no! That's the worst thing you could do! Please! Don't become a pastor! That's the worst profession on the planet. That's what he said to me. Talk about being encouraged in your calling, huh? <laughs> Please don't do it. He was begging me not to become a pastor. Do you know why? Because he, he had an idea of what a pastor was from some television that we could see today, right? If you're going to become that, please, he was trying to talk me out of it. And I, I have to be honest, I, I felt a bit embarrassed because that's what he thought of pastors in Christianity. Thank God that he calls us despite sometimes the pressure we feel from others. And so finally he says, brethren, brothers and sisters, let each man remain with God in that condition in which he was called. See that remain with God? That means don't give up. It's always too soon to give up. And I know for a lot of you, you know, it's hard. You're in a setting right now, some of you, where that's all you've thought about. It's, you've been thinking of ways to give up and get out. And that's the enemy. And that's not what God has for you. Can you find a place of contentment where you are? You know, Paul had said, I have learned the secret of contentment. He had to learn it. And I think we're all still trying to learn it, right? Learn how to be content in the circumstances you are. Do you know that Paul said he had learned the secret of contentment in Philippians 4, and he wrote the letter from prison? I've learned the secret of contentment. I've learned how to abound and have plenty and how to be abased. I've learned the secret of contentment. Are you ready for it? The secret of contentment is Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to say, because I can do all things through Christ. who gives me strength. See, Paul was so convinced of the sovereignty of God that he could even see his prison situation as there's some reason that God has me here right now. And Paul wrote four prison epistles that we treasure while he was in prison. Your identity is in Jesus Christ. 
It doesn't mean that you won't be lazy or ambitionless. That's not what Paul is saying. He's not saying don't have ambition, don't have goals, don't have drive. That's not what he's saying. But he's saying please be content. And if you don't have some biblical reason to leave, you're not being shown that by the Spirit of God, why don't you be a new you in that situation? How, you, how about you be a new creation in your old job? How about you be a fresh new you in a stale marriage? How about instead of waiting for the other person to do something, you're the person that says, this is what I'm going to do by the power of Christ. Amen? Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for Jamie's testimony. Thank you for this wonderful church family. They are a blessing. I know that they are hungry to hear from you even when the content is not always the most comfortable, but it is encouraging to us that you have an assignment for us, Lord. And we need some, many of us need some fresh eyes. We need you to soften our heart and to give us fresh eyes in our situation. Your eyes. Would you keep your head and heart bowed? If you've not met Jesus, the God of hope, you walked here into this building for a reason. He had something He wanted you to hear. He's got a calling on your life and a divine assignment. But you have to say yes. He is not going to force you. You've got to decide, yes, Jesus, I want to follow you and then show me what you'd have me to do. He has a purpose for your life. There's, this is not a purposeless existence, but you must... Know the one who has called you and assigned you. If you've not met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just cry out to him. Something this simple, but this profound. Lord Jesus, be my King. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Be my friend. Thank you for dying on that cross for me. Thank you for purchasing my freedom. Thank you for setting me free. Pray it if it's you. I believe you died on that cross for me and I believe you rose from the dead and I repent of my sin, of doing it my own way and I turn my life over to you and trust in you. Lord, for those who are articulating a prayer even in their heart, I pray you would just touch them. I pray that you would remove the burdens from their shoulders, give them strength for their situation and give them hope. Lord, for those of us who are believers and we just need some fresh eyes and a softer heart, would you please do that? And may we be open to how you would move in our hearts and lives. You're listening to Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance. And that was the conclusion of his teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 about being called by God and remaining true to that calling. Please remember that we archive every program you hear and miss. Listen on walkintruth.com or follow the Walk in Truth podcast on your favorite podcast app. We're on iHeartRadio, Apple Music, Google Music, Spotify, and many more. Now, here's Pastor Michael Lance with a final word. Well, as we ponder the Word of God and meditate on the Word of God, it's always good to just kind of take a few moments to say, okay, called and remaining true. That applies to me. How can I remain true to the Lord? and to those that he's placed into my life right now. And the way that you can remain true is by the power of the Holy Spirit and by a mindset that you're going to do your life according to God's plan and God's will. 
You're going to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's how you can remain true. Remain close, abide in the one who is truth, and you will remain true. Make a decision. Start your day every day saying, Lord, order my steps. Lead me in the place that you'd have me to go. And the one who called you will be faithful to give you everything you need according to his great grace, grace upon grace, man. He is so, so good and so faithful. Well, tomorrow we're going to do a message on singleness, marriage, and ministry. And let me speak to the singles for a second. If you're a single person out there, you know, sometimes we we hear marriage uh, messages on the radio or from the pulpit, and we're like, hey, wait a minute, I'm single. <laughs> what about me? Uh, well, you know what? You matter. And, and you have a unique opportunity as a single person to give more time to the Lord and to ministry because you don't have to worry about marriage and family. And there's a blessing with singleness, especially if you have the gift of singleness, or even if you're in a season of singleness, you can redeem that for the Lord. We're going to talk more about that in 1 Corinthians 7. Well, ladies, I'd like to remind you, and this is really the last chance to register for our Women's Christmas Luncheon Come worship him, man. We're going to have a very special guest speaker, Mary Naaman. You'll be blessed by her, by what she has to share, by her voice. She's she's an awesome woman of God. This is this Saturday, December 14th, 11.30 a.m. at the Hidden Valley Golf Club in Norco. And this is really your last chance to register. And we'd love to have you there. I know you'll be blessed. Register today on the Living Truth app. You can download that in your app store. Look for the red logo with the pillar. Sign up and be blessed. God bless you. Come back tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 called Singleness, Marriage, and Ministry. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. As always, our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.